Hello, and welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I'm Stella, and I am uh, recording live on Instagram as well as recording the podcast. Um, as I was talking about earlier, I haven't been on in a few weeks. Uh, I took a bit of a vacation and a tour of Italy and Spain, um, and now I am recording from Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is where I'm from. And we are going to be talking about the last boundary, um, and the most intimate one, uh, the boundary of sex. And I was thinking about all the different ways and different aspects that I could talk about um, regarding this boundary because it is a significant one and it's one, you know, that human beings kind of play with the, the different levels of boundary. And what I know to be true, especially now that I've done these, you know, different um, podcasts and certainly the writing on boundaries is the uh, pretty woman, we say who, we say when, we say how much, is applicable here. Um, not specific to the fact that these are two sex workers that are talking in, in the movie, um, but it's just kind of funny that it does apply. I think it applies in general for boundaries. And um, I do like to have a context for how we talk about boundaries. Um, a lot of times people perceive boundaries as a no or a wall um, it, what it is is a limit. What The way I like to approach boundaries is what your capacity is for a yes, right? Um, and certainly to the sex boundary, um, the the most obvious, you know, kind of go-to is people are talking a lot and have been talking a lot about consent. Um, and so the way that I define consent and the way that it is defined in general is uh, verbal agreement to participate in whatever activity is happening. Um, and you know, there's, there's certainly gray, but it, it's pretty straightforward. Like if you're going to do anything with anybody else's body, especially with your body, it's a good idea to ask just in general. Um, and we've talked about, you know, physical touch and getting hugs and, um, you know, even like, is it okay if I, you know, caress your face or kiss you or whatever. Um, when we are getting in someone's energy field and certainly close to their body, even with little kids, it's important to ask for consent um, and for, you know, the other person to have a buy-in or to verbally agree that that's okay. That's something that they want. Um, when it comes to intimate connection, um, we're talking about consenting adults and people who are choosing consciously to participate in the very intimate act of connecting uh, in a sexual way. And I like the idea of talking about sex, but also talking about intimacy, um, because I think there's there's a disconnect in the education. Um, for most of us who had sex ed in school, uh, and you know, to whatever degree that you had that, and that on the other podcasts I've talked about, and we've talked about, you know, sexual education specifically and communications around sex, and our education, at least when I was young and, and learning about it was very much about procreation <laughs> um, and the, the mechanics of sex. But it, very rarely are we having an opportunity to talk about the emotionality of intimate connection. Um, and so I wanted to really kind of highlight how the boundary communication or conversation goes around having um, not just consent, but also what our capacity is for interacting in that way. Um, and so it, it's important to, to look at that context or framework of, you know, we say who, who we share our body with, um, we say when and where, 
um, and then we say how much we are sharing in those intimate spaces. Um, and, and like I said, this is a wide and breathy topic. We're going to spend 30 minutes talking about it. When I do the writing, I'll add a little bit more, but I just kind of wanted to overview these things to start the conversation. Um, when Kat and I started the podcast, that was our goal, was to create an opportunity to create conversation, for people to start having open, honest conversations about the things that impact their boundaries. Um, so I will share a little bit about my own experience, as I do all the time in the podcast and certainly in the writing, and hope that it resonates with you to be able to have a conversation with whomever you're being intimate with. Um, for the most part, I have adults listening to my podcast and watching, um, but if there are children in the room or if you don't want them to kind of be super curious about what we're talking about, this might be an opportunity to maybe put headphones in. Um, though I do try to monitor myself, I do have a filter. I don't employ it all the time. Um, it's important to recognize that I am an adult who talks about a lot of topics. Um, for the most part, people who know me, you know, really know who I am, like my friends and family, know that I don't have uh, a lot of um, shyness when it comes to talking about sexuality. Um, and so that I'm just giving you that information now. So like I said, if you have littles in the room and you don't want them to be part of this conversation, headphones in or maybe listen to it at a different time. I'm going to drink some water while you manage all of that. Okay, so the idea of we say who, um, and it, this directly relates to codependency, is a lot of times we are seeking validation, acceptance, and approval from the people around us. And as we are talking about the boundary of sex, we're talking about consenting adults participating in activities that um, are very, very intimate, right? And really looking at who we are sharing that with. Um, as I've mentioned before, I have a very strict Catholic background, and my education or awareness of sexuality was based in that lens um, of sex is for procreation. There was no talk about pleasure. There was no talk about um, intimacy in general. And so the idea of who was always, you know, at the time when I was being given the information was about um, your, your husband or wife, your matrimonial partner. Um, what we know to be true in, in general society is that's not always the case. And sexuality can happen at different times for different people. Um, and oftentimes if there's not conversation about the emotional co component, um, it, it very much is a conversation about mechanics. And that's not the best way, I can imagine, to learn about this very intimate act of two or more human beings that participate in an energetic exchange, as well as all of the physiological things that go into sex. So when we think about, as adults now, from the, the lens of codependency, who we share our intimate selves with is going to be something that you know, we have to cognitively process to some degree, right? Um, for those of you who've listened to any other podcasts, you recognize that I um, do not necessarily subscribe to the idea of monogamy and exclusivity. That does not mean that it is not part of the conversation. It absolutely is. And it is a personal preference, um, based again on the lens of culture 
and uh, education and you know what works for you in setting up that boundary, it's important to recognize from that self-awareness place of what are your beliefs and how do you define um, sexuality and who you want to share that with. So the who piece is super important. It's also important to recognize what is motivating you to share this very intimate connection with another person. Um, I can speak for myself (laughs) and um, really talk about the fact that a lot of times when I was engaging in sexuality when I was younger, um, it was very much for validation. Um, And, you know, kind of superimposing this idea of codependency in terms of I will connect with people because I want them to like me. And that was my motivation. Um, And I, you know, I had boyfriends in high school or whatever, um, and then certainly partners after. But a lot of what was driving that was seeking that validation externally. Um, And I think a lot of people place a lot of value on sex, positive or negative, but it does drive then who they are sharing that intimate connection with. Now, in an ideal world where Hallmark makes a movie, there's a lot of uh, romantic expectation placed on who we share ourselves with. Um, And then there's this whole other component of sometimes we're just, you know, we just have a drive or a need. And and so we are sharing that very intimate connection with people that we maybe don't have a lot of awareness of who they are, what their motivations are, what their intentions are. And, you know, to go back to the idea of consent, certainly after, you know, Me Too, and we've got a lot of media that has told us and talked to us about how um, sexuality has been, um, perversed isn't the word, but has been used as leverage for people to get other needs met, right? Um, And so without really kind of going into like sexual assault and rape and all those things, recognizing that sexuality is a heavy component to how we feel about ourselves. Um, And certainly out in the world as adults, and especially in this country where media has placed a lot of value on sexuality and what we look like, it takes away that idea of our own awareness and our autonomy of our physical body. Um, As a woman, certainly in the world growing up in this country and and being a woman in other countries, um, I think there's a large uh, level of sexuality or or sexualization of human beings, and there's a lot of unwanted or um, unintended, certainly from the the receiver's part, attention based on our sexuality. Um, there's so much in terms of sexual evolution or evolutionary psychology around sex that I absolutely, it's a fascinating topic for me. Um, But specific to boundaries, really recognizing what you're okay with. Um, And so when you're getting unwanted sexual attention from someone else, it creates kind of an ick feeling. And then it also then creates then some anxiety or thoughts in your head of like, is this all I'm worth? Or is this all I'm about? Like, what is it? that people see when they perceive me. And we're already thinking like, what would people think? Um, And I think that influences a lot of the conversation in education specific to um, how we interact or how we should interact with another person. Um, Because it's not just the act of sex, right? It's all this other 
ideas and feelings that are attached and, and we aren't, that's not part of the education that we receive. So the who piece, who is giving us the attention, who we are engaging with, um, and how do I feel about those other people is going to be a big part of how you start to set boundaries in that arena. Um, the next is when and where. Um, so when we engage in those behaviors, ideally it would be in a situation that conscious and aware, um, participating willingly and having spoken about what the intentions are. Now, again, that isn't an ideal situation. I can say that as an adult, you know, having gone to and being in, um, you know, I don't know, a party or a bar or a picnic or whatever, um, there is tension or sexual awareness in those environments. Um, and certainly as adults and, and absolutely as teenagers, there is this um, expectation of sexuality. What I remember as a teenager is that it was kind of this thing that we were always aware of in terms of how we participated in certain activity. There's someone outside and I don't know if the dogs are gonna go nuts, but um, when you're a teenager and your hormones are raging and, and they talk a lot in movies and all the things, that hormones really do play a significant part in our attraction and then kick in that evolutionary need to connect with another person. And the unfortunate piece, however it works out, is teenagers don't really have the, the full mental capacity to be able to have that awareness of what their boundaries are or how to communicate them. Um, and so it, it puts people in a, a position or a situation that they are doing things maybe that they're not ready for or that they aren't fully capable of consenting or even having a conversation of what they like or what they don't like. Um, and all of those are ways to identify boundaries. And one of the things to consider is when we are educating young people about sexual interaction, that's gotta be part of the conversation. Um, and it's important as parents to you know, spend time hopefully managing your judgment um, and, and through whatever lens that you're gonna do that with your kids, um, but to be able to talk to them about those kinds of expectations and really recognize how to set up those boundaries and what they are willing to say yes to. Um, so rather than just, you know, like I said, a lot of times boundaries are perceived as a no or a wall or a limit, and, and that's true, but it's also part of the yes conversation. And so when uh, looking at the chronology of development is a way to start those conversations. I've had many clients um, with varying degrees of, you know, children at, at different ages who've asked me like, how do you have that conversation or what do you say to a child? Um, what I've always said when it comes to education about anything is let the child drive the conversation. Um, a lot of times parents, we don't wanna give them too much information because we're giving them consent, but we don't wanna give them no information because we don't wanna go them going out into the world and learning about sex from their friends. Um, it's important to recognize that a child will have like questions, right? And if you've built in, you know, safety and security with that relationship, then the questions that they're gonna have are gonna be age appropriate to where they are. So we don't have to give them extra information. We just have to give them the information that they're asking for. Um, I think I've shared before, maybe not, when I was raising my daughter, when she was very young, <laughs> 
we did a lot of, you know, we watched Lifetime movies and Oprah, and then we'd have conversations about it. Um, and she had a lot of questions. She started having questions about sexuality when she was very young, like seven. Um, and so I just kind of let her drive the conversation. What it does is it helps you to build a boundary and awareness of how you feel about sexuality and then how to give that information to whoever's asking the questions, right? So we're talking about educating our children, but we're also talking about educating our partner or the person that we could very likely be having sex with. Um, and so when we have those conversations is, is pretty much at the beginning, not first date material necessarily, but even just having an awareness of your own perceptions and ideas is going to be important. Um, so those are things to pay attention to. Recognizing that we have to have an awareness, a level of awareness of how comfortable we are with our own sexuality. And, you know, to go back to the who, the who is you. You get to decide what you're comfortable with. You get to decide what you want to be part of that experience. And if you don't have that awareness or you've kind of just been doing things from that codependency place, you're engaging in something very intimate and connective without fully participating, you know, mentally and emotionally in that activity. Now, I can tell you that um, as a human being, I have been really good at compartmentalizing. And um, sorry, they're going to go nuts, and, and I'm not really thrilled about that. Thank you. So recognizing that when we have time to sit with our own thoughts about how we feel about sexuality, it gives us the opportunity to then start a conversation with the person that we are going to be intimately connected with, you know, for however long that happens. Um, so the when is, you know, what we're going to be talking about with people we are educating. So we're educating littles and then we're educating our partners. We have to start with ourselves in terms of our awareness. Um, and so as adults, what I challenge you to do is to look at or to think about how your coming into sexual awareness or awakening happened and how it's changed over time. Who is also like, what are we trying to get from that interaction, right? Like I said before, um, a lot of times for me, uh, sexuality was a way to get validation. Um, and I think the focus was if someone likes me in a romantic or sexy way, uh, then I felt worthy, valued, you know, appreciated, accepted, whatever it is. And that really does inform a lot of times how we are and who we are engaging with. Um, certainly now that I'm like older and I have a lot of other things that are, you know, more interesting, um, I don't have to be as compartmentalized about it. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, there's there's several camps, but there's two main camps and there's like the monogamy, one person, you know, in, in a romantic relationship, those are the only people we're having sex with. And then there's, you know, kind of poly people or people who are not as rigid um, and can have, you know, sexual encounters with multiple people. Really thinking about um, having those conversations of like, what are your values? What do you want from a thing? And then how does the partner that you're going to be engaging with, how do they feel about that? Those are going to be places where you do set up boundaries. Um, and so that'll lead us to the how much, right? How much are we sharing 
in those first conversations before we even you know start to undress um sexuality can be mental first and emotional before it's even physical and really recognizing that certain people have compartmentalized those things in different ways um based on their own experiences early on um and even traumatic experiences right like that definitely informs too how we set up a boundary and how we then communicate that with a partner the challenging one of the challenging pieces is if you haven't had the opportunity to even create that awareness sometimes like i said we're just we're just acting in ways that um are appeasing to other people uh the word i like to use is acquiesce or to give in um because we we want to feel connected um even though we don't feel safe even though we don't feel secure um and that creates challenges to then build further connection. And so for some people, um, you know, they just like to have sex and the, it feels good and all the things. They don't necessarily want an emotional component. Um, they may or, not may, may or may not be communicating that. And so as now I am talking about these things, it's important to then create that awareness in yourself of like how many times in my adult life have I acquiesced or given in to sexual advances or had sex with other people without really fully being present or really being emotionally and, you know, mentally aware of what was happening. Um, I think a lot of times specific to relationships, um, people have given into participating in sexual activity without really wanting to. Um, I know that, you know, certainly working with clients and then with the people I know and, and myself, sometimes it's just like, let's just get it over with and, you know, whatever, just do whatever you're going to do. Uh, the challenge, <laughs> challenge is it's not really fun um, and it's not as connective. And if, if the goal is to connect with another person, um, which is our goal generally as human beings, and we are just kind of going, whatever, then that's not helpful to maintaining healthy relationships, but it's also not helpful to maintaining connectivity. Um, so it defeats the purpose of wanting approval, validation, acceptance, love. We are doing extra things and things we may not be comfortable doing and we're not communicating them to have the relationship with another person. Um, and so that's why the, the conversation or conversations is important. Now, a little note or caveat to that. I often tell clients not to talk about sex in the bedroom. Um, having sexual conversations or conversations about sex should happen away from what is, you know, actively happening. Um, and if there are challenges or difficulties connecting, um, be it physiological or mental or emotional, it's not really helpful to have those while a problem is ha happening, right? And so that's another boundary of being able to recognize like, I want to be able to talk with my partner and connect with them and doing it while we're in the bedroom in the midst of a problem is not going to be productive or helpful. Um, and so that's the when, right? When are we doing this? When is this happening? Um, I think now, like, again, as, as a more mature adult, theoretically, uh, <laughs> I have a lot more awareness because I am coming from the place of loving myself um, and seeing myself as a whole integrated person, as opposed to this compartmentalized, um, way of interacting in the world with, 
you know, whoever I'm interacting with in the moment. And what I know to be true is now I start to pay attention to what is happening to me emotionally, right? And so I want you to take an opportunity to really look at, one, in the past versions of yourself, how has sex been positive? And then how has it also impacted you in a more challenging way specific to codependency? How have you maybe participated in something that you, you weren't really thrilled about doing, or you didn't want to in general, but you did for the connectivity, for that you know validation, or to avoid an argument, or to avoid you know something negative from happening? Um, I think a lot of times when we are participating in intimate relationships specifically, um, rather than kind of going into it with like, a, I can't wait to spend time with you and really share this energetic and emotional connection, um, especially in, in long-term relationships, sometimes it's just like, can we just mark it off the list and then move on with our day? Um, which doesn't feel very validating to yourself or the partner that you are participating with. So it's important to create that awareness, right? Um, and then when we're talking about intimate connection with, you know, and educating children or other people who have curiosity, it's important to really recognize that when you feel more comfortable with the subject, you're going to be able to talk about it and communicate it more effectively. Um, really recognizing that not a lot of people are comfortable talking about sexuality in kind of a public way. Um, and like I said, my compartmentalized ass, like I talk about sex all the time or I have in the past. Um, and so my friends kind of always know, oh, that's Stella, she talks about sex. Um, it's not the only thing I talk about, but it's certainly, you know, it's been the subject of many things. Um, I'm more comfortable talking about it, which was helpful to my clients because then they were able to, um, sorry, dogs. FedEx guy, not a UPS guy, um, person, human being. Uh, <laughs> but I, I feel more comfortable talking about it, which then would make my clients feel more comfortable talking about, you know, their struggles within a relationship or within themselves. Um, how we feel about ourselves definitely impacts how we share ourselves in that intimate space. Um, and so that's another piece to really recognize, like, how do I feel about my body and then someone, you know, spending time with my body. Um, it's very interesting and challenging, I think, for a lot of people as we mature, as we are in relationships, as things change over time. What I know to be true is if you're not mentally engaged, sometimes you're using sex as a distraction. Sometimes you're using sex as a crutch. What I know to be true is I've had a lot of clients who, not a lot, but like some, several, uh, who have a porn addiction or a porn problem. Um, I think one of the challenges that has come up specific to the boundaries of sex is if we're not communicating about, you know, arousal and, you know, participating in, in watching porn, which I have no problem with um, until it becomes problematic. When we are talking about an intimate connection with another person, it's going to be part of the conversation and it should be ideally before we are participating in the act of sex. So that's another way to consider a boundary is to really look at, um, you know, what are your thoughts on porn? What are your thoughts on, you know, what is uh, cheating or what is, um, you know, 
How do you see intimate connection? Those are really important conversations with your partner, but also in educating, you know, littles or people who have questions, um, really getting clear with what your own perceptions, ideas, beliefs, and values are, and then being able to, to share that with an intimate partner. Um, things change over time, right? I've said that before. It's kind of obvious sometimes. Um, but in long-term relationships, a lot of times the focus is not on, you know, the, the sexy engagement because we're paying bills, you know, we're, we're going to work, we are planning a vacation, we are trying to get, you know, our child through school, whatever. Um, it does fall off in terms of how we connect with our partners, partner, partners, however you do it. Um, and so if you're not really clear on what your limits are, but you get irritated when somebody is like, hey, we haven't had sex. Hey, we haven't, you know, we haven't hung out. You know, I haven't, I don't feel connected to you. Um, we can have a level of irritation and then, you know, push it off further, creating more disconnect, which if our goal is connection, we're not really doing a good job of communicating what our needs are until you have that self-awareness, it's going to be difficult to do that. So all of this is to say that with our awareness of how we feel, um, both how we think about and how we feel about sexual engagement, that's going to inform the conversation that we are having with another person and ideally someone that we want to connect with. How you feel about yourself is a significant piece to that. When we talk about codependency and loving ourselves better and not seeking out that external validation, we start to pay attention to what our needs are, like where we are coming from in this conversation to be able to connect with another person. And, you know, the, the most intimate connection is the physical act of sex, but it's also the physical vulnerability of being with another person, you know, and I think that when we start to think about boundaries, so who we are engaging with, when and where, um, it's important for us to have at least a base awareness of what our goal is in creating that connection, right? If it's to connect, how do I do that? Honoring myself first so that I'm not going into the relationship saying, I need you to complete me. I need you to validate me. I need you to, to endorse and accept me. Um, so really loving yourself is going to be the piece that helps then inform how we are connecting with another person. Um, that's the how much, right? How much am I sharing of myself with you, the other person, in this intimate way? How much we share is really interesting because a lot of times, and not all, but we are literally... <laughs> um, in the most vulnerable state, naked, um, connecting with another person. And if we are not able to be mentally vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable, or even like engage in a way that is, you know, I can tell you all my thoughts and feelings. Is that someone that you want in your body? That's just like the, the real way of looking at it. Um, a lot of times when trauma has happened or when we don't feel safe and secure because we, you know, have grown up thinking that our only worth or value is um, what we can do for other people, it's very difficult to then monitor how much we share, right? Um, I do want you to think about 
And again, these, these are all opportunities for you to think about things, um, but really thinking about the kind of intimate sexual connection you had when you were younger versus the kind of intimate sexual connection you have now. If you are still younger, I love that for your experience, but now you get to think about it in a different way. Um, it is an opportunity then to love yourself and really think about who you are and what you want in terms of connection with another person. So how much you share is going to be how much you are going to be honest and vulnerable and true to who you really are. When you have a foundation of, I feel good, my cup is full, I feel good about myself intellectually, I feel good about myself and how I engage in the world, I feel good about myself naked, all of those things are going to then open up how much you're willing to share with a partner. That being said, if those relationships have created distrust or uh you know, lack of communication or lack of connection, you may be less likely to be vulnerable in that way emotionally. And then if you're having sex on top of that, it's going to create resentment. It's going to create frustration. It's going to create anger and anxiety, um, which are all things that do not help with a connection with yourself or another person. And so how much you're willing to be vulnerable is, going to be an awareness of yourself first and then how you're connecting with another person. That's our time. And I, I know that this is like, like I said, it's a deep and wide topic of a lot of things to talk about, but hopefully that has given you some ideas of one, how to start the conversation and two, how to create more self-awareness so that you can start to really have deeper and more meaningful connections from a place of abundance and feeling good about yourself without seeking that validation from other people. So I'm going to finish up here. Um, and I really appreciate all of you who've participated and, and are watching now. For those of you who are listening later, thank you so much. And then I'm going to end the podcast. I will be back on Friday next week, and we'll be talking about another piece. Um, but this will be the last of the boundaries. If you want more information on this boundary specifically, um, the writing will be up hopefully by next week. and um, you know, we'll be doing all of those things. The book is almost done and um, super grateful to have had the opportunity to really sit and write all of these things. Um, but if you want more information, definitely reach out to me. Um, I am, like I said, back in the States. I am seeing clients. All of those things are happening to get a hold of me. It's lx2 uh, underscore, no, no, lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. You can get me here at luna underscore x2 LLC or LX2COD coaching uh, podcast on Instagram. Anyway, that's my time. I hope that that's given you some information to think about and um, really start to integrate into how you look at the boundary of sex. And I will talk to you soon. All right. I am ending the podcast and I've ended the video. So if you guys have questions, you know how to get a hold of me, reach out. You can email me at Gmail. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. And I will be back next week talking about whatever thing is coming up next on the list to talk about. Take care and I'll talk to you soon.